Hello, and welcome to episode 182 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we are taking a look back in our day uh, to Fate Reforged. All the way back to Fate Reforged. Um, so as we keep bringing up, uh, Wizards, other than uh, uh, a surprise banning in the format that's not supposed to have any bannings, uh, <laughs> yeah. they've really abdicated their duty of producing a card game for mm-hmm. a while. So Just phoning it in. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas of things you want us to talk about or anything, please reach, reach out to us on social media or Discord. All those links are in the description below. Uh, also, let us know what you think about this style episode. This is the second one that we've done. We covered Cons of Tarkir previously. We're doing Fate. Um, I imagine at some point we will move on to Dragons. But if you like this style episode, uh, let us know. Also, let us know you know what sorts of things you think this episode should include. Um, we kind of went through and picked out some of the high points of the set. Um, but if there's anything else you guys can think of that you'd rather hear about, let us know. Like Brian said, social media is in the description. We also have a couple ways you can support the show. First of all, easiest for you guys is our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link to TCG player. Anything you purchase will help support the show. We'll get a percentage of whatever you buy. doesn't matter what you do once you get to TCG player, as long as you navigate to TCG player using that link and cash out at some point before leaving TCG player. We will get credit for your purchase, and we would appreciate that. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, like very directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. If you think we are deserving of your hard-earned dollary dues, you can chip a couple bucks in. You get access to our show notes so you know what the upcoming show is going to be about. You also get access to our pre-show, us kind of just hanging out before the show starts, making sure all of our equipment is working properly and chit-chatting about whatever is on our minds um patrons also get put on my mailing list once in a while i send some some thank yous out to the patrons usually they're nothing huge but a token of our appreciation and they're usually pretty cool and i would like to say well thought out our patrons seem to really like them so if you went in on that like i said chip a couple bucks into patreon um however much you think we're worth and uh we would appreciate all of the support to help keep the show going um the only other thing I think we got coming up is our um, tournament, July 23rd, I believe, Saturday at 8 p.m. Um, standard Artisan, commons and uncommons that are currently legal in standard. Head on over to mtgmelee.com. You can search for a casual tryhard MTG, or you can just kind of navigate to Standard Artisan and find us that way, sign up for the event. Uh, deck lists are required and you will have to be present in our discord to participate yeah i'm looking to see i am the first person who has enrolled in the event i just enrolled uh come take me down currently you're ga- <laughs> currently you're guaranteed top two <laughs> ta-da ta-da but easy as that top two easy as that so Yep, I just wanted to make sure I was in. Yep. But uh, we've got. Yeah, I usually for- don't play in these because, uh, you know, I do some of the running the event type stuff and it's easier for me not to play. But I did get a couple games in last time when there was a buy. Yeah. So that was um, kind of fun. Uh, 
There's space for 127 more of you, so come on. Yeah, come on then. It's free. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else we got before we get in here? Mm, I don't think so. You got anything else? No. All right. No, I think we're good. So, Fate Reforged apparently is the 66th Magic expansion. It came was. Out, I looked that up. It's yeah. A fact. <laughs> Research. Came out January, January 23rd, 2015. This was my second pre-release. As, Feels like an eternity ago. Yeah, so I had done the cons one and did mm-hmm. quite well. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I think I had these figured out. Uh, I got dumpstered all weekend. I remember that for a fact. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm bad at this game. Uh, before, I, before I realized how uh, uh, capricious sealed was. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, did I open six on-color rares? I didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm playing yeah. someone who did. Mm, problem. Mm. So I think this was. I don't know if you remember or not. Cheaty McCheaty. Uh, was this when he got yelled at? I think this was the first one he got caught being Cheaty McCheaty at. Yeah, we we've brought this person up before, but typically as the weekend went on, their deck got better and better. Yeah, or imagine like, that they disappear out to their car, and all of a sudden they had six on color rares or. Uh, I think, was this the one that the person, someone was like, I played against the same three rares from them yesterday, and I played against the same three rares today? This was the one, because, so when I got back into Magic the second time, it was me and a buddy of mine who doesn't play Magic anymore, Um, and he had told me that he played against a particular card, I think it was the uh, Anafenza the mm-hmm. white white anafenza anafenza that was the the pre-release promo and i knew that this person purchased a uh, pre-release kit that you could not obtain that pre-release promo from mm. so yes this was the pre-release where he got actual caught the first time <laughs> the first time yeah um, the first time this was also uh, at least locally, I feel like this was like peak pre-release magic. Like this is the one where it was like, I think this is the one where it was like the Friday night pre-release, like the midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there were like 108 people. Like I remember sitting on the floor making my deck and playing like round one. Yeah, there was... A- quite a few around this time that were 100 plus players yeah but like um, in this era like this was the yeah. first one, like cons i don't remember if it it didn't feel this big but i remember the first one for fate was just like wow yeah i think one of the theros ones was like almost 150 players i think and you know for those of you who uh haven't played at our lgs especially in like the old old old, old location of our LGS. Uh, that was quite a feat to have that many people in that building. Um, it had no air conditioning. We're in South Carolina. And even in January, sometimes... Well, at this point, they had AC. Did... It wasn't until after this that they the AC broke. Oh, I just remember the first time I ever went in the store, it was a Sunday after, Sunday evening, and it was Smash. And they yeah. had all the all the doors open, and it was still muggy and disgusting. 
Well, yeah, but they probably had all the doors open because it was smash night. Fair. Uh, not because the AC wasn't working, and that probably caused the AC to not work. Gotcha. Well, anyway, yeah. but like I remember, this was the first time I was like, "Oh wow, this is really big," mm-hmm. for like for me personally, and like I, in my mind, I don't think we've ever had a pre-release as big as that one. No. The, the, yeah. After this, they they got substantially smaller. Yeah. Um, and so. The big thing with Fate Reforged is Fate Reforged is where they killed the three-block set. Yeah, they kind of did a weird, like, I don't know, cop-out here. (laughs) And uh, they wanted to do a small set that you could draft with either big set. Mm -hmm. And they used kind of a time travel gimmick to accomplish this. Yeah, so... Um, and right at, like you said, right after this, we stopped doing three block sets and we moved to two block sets or two set blocks. Two set blocks, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was kind of their their way to start that transition. Uh, they changed the way rotation was going to happen, and they changed the way the block structure was. Yeah. So this was uh, so cons was uh, three color set big. Super duper big scary dragons. Yep. Then fate was back in time. The dragons are littler. What else? Uh, no, cons was no dragons. Cons was no dragons. Ruled yeah. by the three color, like uh, whatever guild heads or not guild heads, whatever. Uh, and then fate had little dragons, mm-hmm. and then dragons had big dragons. They all were all yes. grown up. But yeah, so they used fate as that bridge to go mm-hmm. back, and so uh, this was like, like you said, this was their uh, where they put an end to it. Like they had a plan. They're like, we can't just, you know, we have a calendar. We release uh, fall set, spring set, well, fall set, winter set, spring set. Mm-hmm. We still got to release three sets. How are we gonna do it? And then it was like, oh, we'll do this. Now they'd just be like, oh, we just won't release a set. Yeah. And we'll release five <laughs> next year or something. It'll be fine. Or we'll do like Kaldheim where it was three three sets worth of story jammed into one set and nobody knew what the hell was going on. There's a tree. Yep. That, it's, there's a tree. Yeah, don't um, worry about the tree. Ten fine. realms. Don't Ten worry realms. about the realms. <laughs> um. But, yeah, you have uh, – uh, so you had that as, like, the the big, like, unique thing, mm-hmm. right? So the mechanics were interesting in that, like, they were uh, kind of a twist on the mechanics that we had in cons and ones you were going to get in uh, – Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, like the mechanics for all three of these sets are like riffs on each other. Kind of weird the way they did it. So what Um, was the first one here? Well, in cons, we had Morph, which was a returning mechanic from Onslaught? I think. And it might have been in Time Spiral as well. Yeah, I mean, everything was in Time Spiral, so I'm sure it was there also. Um, Yeah, in Morph, you could, you know, 
cast a card face down for three generic mana, and it was a 2-2. And then you could pay some sort of morph cost to turn it face up. And like the ability didn't use the stack, it just happened. It was like a, a cool mind game you could play with your opponent, kind of. Um, and then Manifest kind of took that to another level because you could... There were ways to manifest cards that nobody knew what they were. So Manifest usually took a card off the top of your deck and put it face down. I think it always took a card off the top of your deck and mm -hmm. put it face down as a 2-2. And then you could turn it face up, but only if it was a creature. You could pay its casting cost to turn it face up. So, so. right, like, so, like, as a player doing the Manifest, you didn't know what it was coming off the deck. But once right. it was in play, you were allowed to look at it. Right. Right. And so, like, you got in these situations where, right, a common play pattern for morphs is I attack with my morph and you block, mm -hmm. and you cross your fingers and hope they can't unmorph it and it be bigger than the thing you blocked with. Right. Right, because you started, you started out blocking a 2-2, two -two, and then it became a 4-5, and you're like, oh, I guess that was a bad idea. Well, Here, I don't like you, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they specifically designed the morphs in such a way where that wouldn't happen. Like the morph cost had to be really expensive in order for it to have more than two toughness so it wouldn't trade. Yeah. But but like you had that yeah. tension. Right. And then here it was like sometimes you blocked and like they couldn't flip it over because it was like a forest. Land. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, Okay, so it, like, added a little, like, you always knew the morphs were creatures. These, let, it could less be anything. So. It could be anything. Even a boat. Yeah. Honk. <laughs> um, so, that was, that was weird. And, yeah. like, not great in standard when you had morphs. And the way you, mm -hmm. like, designated morphs was you usually just flip them over. And then right. you had manifests. So then you had, like... Like tokens that were supposed to cover your. They're supposed to your be manifest. like, oh hey, this this upside down card is a morph. This upside right. down card is a manifest. Yep. All right, and then you have here. It, there's this. a bunch of weird rules around them too. Mm -hmm. um, like when you're morphing and manifesting, you're also supposed to keep them in order. So that if your opponent has an inkling on what the morph or the manifest might be, they they know. Like you can't change once they've entered the battlefield. You're not supposed to change where they are in the battlefield to like mix them up. Oh, I feel like we definitely just mix them up sometimes. Yeah, you weren't supposed to. Like you were supposed to like actual like, like number one, two, your three, tokens. Four. Yeah, so that you would know which ones. Or so you're not really that you knew because you could always look at them. But if your opponent like had an inkling that this is a den protector and this one is a basic land or whatever, that they would be able to, you know, know which one was which, or at least which one they thought was which. Yeah. Well, you know, if you if you look at the same one three times, yeah. and they count your mana, they're like, oh, that one must be the creature. Then if you just shuffle them up. Yeah. Right. Your your forgetfulness uh, <laughs> uh, is is eliminated. They're just like I don't know which one was which now. So yeah. okay. And then what happens if you try to blink them? 
Yeah, that's a great question. It Thank depends you. what it is. Um, just like a morph, if it's a creature and you blink it, um, when it goes to exile, it will turn face up and everybody will see it because there's nothing specifying that it is exiled face down. And then it will enter the battlefield face up. So if it's a morph, obviously it's a creature on the other side. It will enter face up. If it's a manifest, however, it enters the battlefield. It doesn't enter the stack. And a spell cannot be on the battlefield. A spell can only be in your hand, the stack, your library, or the graveyard. So if it's a spell, it tries to enter, but then it can't, so it just stays exiled. So if you have a manifest that's a lightning bolt, and you blink it with like ephemerate or something, it will come back as a lightning bolt, but it can't enter the battlefield, so it'll just stay exiled. Now, if it was a forest, uh, a land can enter the battlefield, and it will be face up. Everybody will know what it is, and it will enter as a forest. Now we so say all this some weird stuff. <laughs> like, were there, I don't think there were any flicker effects in standard. Uh, probably for a good reason. Yes, probably because it would be a rules nightmare. Yeah. Um, now, I played a lot of this uh, limited environment, and you had the next mechanic here, Bolster, and mm-hmm. I totally mixed it up with another mechanic. You have here, <laughs> Bolster, Abzan mechanic. Very forgettable. And Very, I 100% like You thought Outlast was forgettable. Yes. Bolster is uh, even more so. So bolster is whenever a creature comes into play, if it has the lowest toughness of creatures you control, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Mm -hmm. So it's a mechanic that sometimes does literal nothing. Yes. Right? Like, you know, if you play a 2-1 with bolster, right? Or a 2-2 with bolster. If you then play a 2-3, your bolster card creature doesn't put a counter on the two three it did nothing oh it does no it's i thought it's the lowest it's the lowest power right? yeah if, if they're tied you get to pick okay something still gets a counter it's just it's not a super strong mechanic because it's always buffing like your least powerful thing mm-hmm. and that's usually not what you want buffed but i thought if you had like a two two and a two three came in like the if the two two had bolster it didn't like give itself a counter if it's your lowest creature i think it does i'm almost positive it does because there wasn't there a combo with um anafenza where it would just make your whole board infinite infinite i don't remember uh i think there was this is a content or our, our listeners it, crave yeah. i'm trying to i'm just trying to remember <laughs> how looking things up on the fly uh like this Bolster was considered middling in popularity. <laughs> yep. Uh, very forgetful. Very forgettable. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of like, I guess I'm thinking of like Anna Fenza at the Kintry, right? Where if like she had Bolster and it only looked at like each creature that came in, right? Uh, wait, wait. All right, so... Yeah, choose a creature with the least toughness or tied with the least toughness among creatures you control and put... And whatever counters, counters on, on it. it. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a blink combo. Well, there there had to have been blink if I'm thinking of this combo. But I'm pretty sure there was a blink combo where you just made all your creatures infinite, infinite. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but... But, yeah. Not not the best. Like, kind of glacially slow. Yeah. And like I said, typically your smallest creatures aren't the ones that you want to buff. You want yeah. to make your your better creatures better, not your worst creatures better. Yeah, it's like you suck. Your worst creatures are usually less. fodder. Yeah, you suck yeah. less. So good for you. Yeah, I mean, making a, a one one into a two two is significantly less impactful than making your four four into a five five. True. Especially in this format, where your five five now eats a siege rhino, which is all that mattered. Yeah, and it's literally all that mattered. Could you eat a siege <laughs> rhino? Yep. Um, and then we had, unless you got anything else to nope. add to bolster, we had uh, one more new mechanic for this set, and that was dash. And dash is something that came back very recently. Monkey man. Monkey man, yeah. Um, dash was the Mardu mechanic. It was a uh, alternate casting cost. If you use if you paid the dash cost to put a creature onto the battlefield instead of casting it with its regular mana cost, it would gain haste, and at the end of the turn, you would return it to your hand, um, exactly like we do with Ragavan. Yeah. Um, we had like Zergo Bell Striker. Yep. Was the creature that had it from this set? I do believe. Yeah, it was the rare. Oh, I mean, wait. there were a couple. You, you said you mentioned. I think in our pre-show, you mentioned Goblin Heel Cutter. That was another yes. one with Dash. So it was a three and a red for a three-two. That when it attacked, something couldn't block, but it dashed mm-hmm. for one and a red. Something like or that. Or two yeah. and a red. Uh, uh, and that that card was uh, great. Mm-hmm. Uh. Solid limited card. It was very. I think it saw like a little bit of constructed play, but yeah. Oh, I'd like to apologize to Zergo. Uh, Zergo uh, was not in that timeline. Zergo was from Dragons. Oh, okay. Sorry, Zergo. Yeah. Uh, but Zergo, like you know, we we'll say this for you, but Zergo is like the the archetype of, or like kind of emblematic of. What happened yeah. in the time in the time shift? Yeah. Oh yeah. And Anif- or um, Alicia was the the con for this set, not Zergo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Dash is very similar to Blitz, where Blitz mm-hmm. the you sack it and you draw a card, right? Yep. So you stay card neutral, right? right? Dash you. Uh, you're always drawing the same card. You're always drawing the same card. You're getting the card back that yep. you used. Um, it was interesting. Cheap way to trigger ETBs a lot of times. I don't know if there were a bunch that had ETBs. Um, um, I mean, Im- Impact Tremors, that was Dragons, though, right? Yeah. It was at Cons. That was it, it wasn't this set, yeah. It's hard, they, since they had all the same characters. Yeah. Um. But uh, it was a 
good limited mechanic, did not see a lot of constructed play. I think other than Goblin Heel Cutter. Until they printed Regavan. Yes. Yes. And then it saw all the constructed play. Because there was like a, like like Mono Red was good at this Mm -hmm. time. And then later on, uh, Green Red aggro, or like almost Mm -hmm. Mono Red was good. And just having a uh, a creature that would let you. This uh, was 2015, right? So we had um, Rebel, Rebel, and Stoke the Flames. Yes. Yep. So mono, mono red was very good. Very, yes. So that was that was when we had a, a simpler time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dash was two in a red. On heel cutter. That's what you said. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it was similar to what was the uh, the exert guy from uh, Encrop Pressure? Pressure. Yeah, yeah, same kind of deal. Um, now that's a card. Yes. <laughs> All right. So then we have I cast uh, many an Encrop Crusher. We had three returning mechanics. Yeah, prowess. We had uh, yeah prowess, which kind of became evergreen. That's in every set now. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a mechanic that worked out really well during this set and I think still works out well. It mm-hmm. plays good and limited. There's entire archetypes built around it and constructed. Solid mechanic. And then Delve. Then mm. there were only a few Delve cards. Well, we're showing two of the best of them right now. Yes, we are. We yep. are Tassiger uh, and Gurmag Angler. Yep. For those of you watching on YouTube. <laughs> Otherwise, you're missing out. Um, yep. And do we want to talk about like the? Ah, well, wait a second. Um, okay. And then you have uh, Ferocious. The if you have control a creature, power four greater, do an extra thing. Yeah, that always feels like kind of a cop out mechanic that they use a lot to give identity to color combinations that don't really have identity. Um, I believe this was the Naya mechanic in Shards block. Okay. And, like they just never they never called it ferocious, but like it cared about creatures of well, power I mean, four. Or think about uh, Theros Beyond Death. Yep, that, it was the same Theros thing. Death also, yep. where it was not keyworded, it was just right. we're gonna write this all out. So, what was the best uh, ferocious card from this set? Um, what was the best ferocious card? See the unwritten. Was that this set? No, that was dragons. TBR. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so teamer teamer <laughs> battle rage. TBR. Yeah, I had to go look it up to be because I was like ninety five percent sure, but it, it was. Yeah. So it's one in the red. Uh, target creature get an uh, instant target target creature gets double strike, but mm-hmm. if you have ferocious, it gets trample as well. So, in a simpler time of magic, mm-hmm. um, people would play Grixis Death Shadow. And have like two of these in their deck. Yep. And sometimes they'd attack you for eight, and then magically they'd be attacking you for 16 and you were dead. Yep. Or you'd be That's like, you always had to play around. You'd be like, block, cross your fingers, and then be dead. Yep. Uh, so, deep cut. Uh, do you remember <laughs> Vengeful Pharaoh? Uh, oddly, yes. It's like two black, black, black. And if it's 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 an old like corset card, it's from like M yeah. twelve or something. Yeah, eleven uh, or twelve, I think. And if it's in your graveyard, if you take damage, 
you can put Vengeful Pharaoh on top of your deck mm-hmm. and you destroy the creature that dealt you damage. Right. So I was playing CP and he attacks me with a Death Shadow and <laughs> Teamer Battle Rages it. And uh, I take whatever and then trigger the Pharaoh and then he lost the game. He's like, oh Killed yeah. Killed it before regular damage? Yeah. I was like, woohoo. Random cards and dredge. That's but right. We uh we don't get to love those days anymore. No. Unfortunately not. The uh the world has moved on from dredge. It has. Um so we'll take a second here and I guess we'll talk about you and Gurmag Angler. Our as okay. Gurmag Angler. Yeah, I am Zombiefish. You are a zombie fish. So when the Delve cards came out, um, as a magic community, we did not realize how busted they were. Yeah, there was a lot of talk surrounding like how to best play them, or not how to best play them, but how to best build a deck with them, because there was kind of a fine line you needed to walk between how many resources you could pull out of your graveyard and how many cards in your deck had to like fill your graveyard to produce those resources. So when we had like treasure crews and dig through time, um, you didn't play four copies of each because you likely wouldn't be able to, to cast like all of them when, when they were in your hand because your graveyard wouldn't be full enough. Um, so there was a little bit of deck building stuff that we had to figure out. And I think because, that's one of the reasons why cards like Tassiger that is uh, framing you and Gurmag Angler that is framing me might have gone a little bit under the radar at first is because people were still trying to figure out um, like what was worthwhile and what wasn't and how easy it was to fill your graveyard for Delve spells. And so, so, so what happened with Delve? So who, who figured it out? Uh, that would be Mr. Chapin. So Patrick Chapin went to a modern tournament with Gurmag yeah, Angler. I think it was a modern GP, wasn't it? Yeah, and people or were like, Pro what Tour? are you? Was it a Pro Tour? Maybe, maybe. And people were like, what are you doing? And he was just like, Thought Scour, Thought Scour, 5-5 five, five on turn two, go. Yeah. And people were like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. This is like better than Tarmogoyf. This is like, that was the bar, ladies and gentlemen, was yeah. Tarmogoyf. And it was like, oh, this is way better than Tarmogwife. Yeah. And like, I think he did fine. It's not like he won the tournament or anything. But like everyone kind of all at once realized, like, oh, this is like super powerful. Yeah, like his placement in the tournament was kind of secondary to what he taught everybody about deck building that day. Exactly. I mean, I think if they were to release uh like cons into dragons now. Mm-hmm. Like we would all just be like like jamming Seder Wayfinders into Gurmag Anglers and Hooting Mandrills. Like, oh yeah. That'd just be all you would do. Mm-hmm. And that was not like we play like there was Sidisi Whip mm-hmm. in, in cons, but it was like, oh I'm gonna get like a zombie and I'm gonna maybe like you know, on turn five, whip back a creature. Yeah. Uh, and I think if if these were cards now, 
Much like remember that uh, Saltai deck that we put together with like Uro, mm-hmm. where it was just like, okay, Uro is busted. How can I get Uro out on turn four every single game? Yeah. Right. I think that it would be very much like, all right, Gurmag Angler is busted. If I can play it on turns two or three, yep. How? What cards do I have to play? I mean, think about like, um. Like, I've not adjusted to new magic well, because yeah, I, I look at cards like otherworldly gaze and go, well, this is bad. But, yeah. like, it gets played all the time because it's like, oh, I need to just put stuff in my graveyard. Mm-hmm. Or, like, think about the modern deck, not the modern deck, the pioneer deck, the Neoform uh, Villamarcus Lorehold deck. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, yeah. Every game on turn three, I play a Tassiger, and then I feed it to a Neoform. Yep. Right? We did not play Magic that way. No. Back then. It was like, well, I'm going to put cards in my graveyard, and I guess I have fetch lands, so I'll get a couple cards in my graveyard, and make, maybe I'll play like a Gurmag Angler on the cheap. Yeah. At some point. And now I think like it would be like, oh, how can I... like? turn to a Gurmag Angler every game. Well, especially in formats like Modern, like we mentioned with Patrick Chapin, and even Legacy, like Legacy Delver played Gurmag Anglers forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody underestimated how quick you could fill your graveyard incidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, because like there came a point where people weren't like turbo filling their graveyard just to cast Zombie Fish and Tassigars anymore. It was like, you know, you played your game of magic and you cast a couple cantrips and you cracked a couple fetches and before you know it, you're playing one mana five fives like on turn four while playing two removal spells. Yeah. You're playing like the rest of your game that turn. Yeah. But like, again, it's just funny that like if you put these cards in standard now, Mm -hmm. standard would like 100% revolve around them. And doing the most well, busted thing. It's kind of crazy how like all all of the Delve creatures and some of the Delve spells have showed up at some point in lists. Like mm-hmm. I think we talked last week where we're building uh, Popper Commander decks to play with Brad on his stream mm-hmm. uh, coming up. You know, end of this month, early next month. I forget what day we nailed down, but uh, I just ordered some foil uh, Sultai Scavengers for that deck. Uh, you're foiling out your deck. Look at you. Well, I was. I, it was the same price to order foil ones as non-foil ones. Fair enough. Could not find my non-foil ones. So, um, but like that card is a relevant card. Like, I mean, it's not great. It's not going to be winning any tournaments, I don't think. But it's a relevant card. And like you mentioned, hooting mandrels. Um, I saw that card in in a modern list not very long ago. I mean the. The pine, there's the Pioneer Neoform deck, which is built around yeah. Tassiger and Ooting Mandrels. Yeah. Because uh, they have the right mana cost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, like, yeah, just getting a turn three, four, five, and, like, also casting a removal spell is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just interesting how magic has changed and, like, like, Crokies would be on his stream trying to break these. Yeah. If he's like, wait, 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 wait. This, is, this is a one mana 
sucks on vape. <laughs> this is a one mana five five. <laughs> and then and then would uh figure out uh some way to do it on turn two all the time. Otherworldly yep. gaze and otherworldly gaze into Gurmag Angler. Go. Mm-hmm. And it would just be five five staring at each other all the time. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, we never put that together. Yeah. Um so we have the draft archetypes and I played a lot of draft and this draft format like so fate was not the dominant set of any of its draft environments because we went from cons 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 uh one of like the top five draft formats of all time Mm -hmm. to then cons cons fate so you're still doing a lot of con stuff Right. And then you went to Dragon's Dragon's Fate, where you're doing more dragon stuff than fate stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was it, always meant to be a supplemental set. It supplemented yeah. whatever draft format you were, you were playing, and it never really like stood on its own. Yeah, so it's not like you... Like, when you think about, you know, Streets of New Capetta, you're like, oh, yeah, these were the draft archetypes. Yeah. Right? It's very much just like... Oh, I was doing similar stuff to what I did in cons, but mm-hmm. I had this third pack that didn't have morphs in it. Right. But I could still do some of the morph stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that like stands out other than um some of the sieges. Yeah, they were bombs. That yeah. So I specifically remember Citadel Siege, it was pack two and we were passing and someone wheeled it and took it and then just like train wrecked their draft to play it in their deck. So mm-hmm. Citadel Siege was uh Three White White. Uh was it three white white? I think so. Uh you are or is it two white white? We'll find out. Um, I think it's three white white. Oh, it's two white white. It's totally busted. Is it two? Right? So all the sieges had a choice. When it came into play, you had to pick cons or dragons. Now, uh, because this is magic from seven years ago, uh, they now they would like print like a token. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> it would say cons and the other side would say dragons. Uh this was you guys has got to remember. Right? Or you put a little slip of paper. Yes. Basically, like you'd write on a piece of paper. Um, so in draft, you would pick uh, cons because mm-hmm. it put at the beginning of combat on your turn, put two plus one plus one count on your target, target creature you control. Basically, unbeatable if it resolved. Oh, yeah. All of your creatures were always bigger than your opponents. Always. And then dragons at the beginning of combat on each opponent's turn tap a creature that player controls. Mm-hmm. So you always just tap their best thing for attacking and blocking. Now yep. you only got to pick one of those. Usually you picked cons because it was busted. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Like that was the thing I remember most from that format was just like, oh, Citadel Siege is a ridiculous magic card. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, like I said, there's nothing. Uh, super... A bunch of the Sieges saw play. The uh, the green one saw play. It gave extra mana for the ramp decks. Mm-hmm. The, was it Monastery Siege? The blue one saw play. Mm-hmm. Um, the red one saw play too, but I don't remember what it was called. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, Outpost Siege. Outpost that, Siege. That, yeah, one that, that one saw play in play. standard. And yeah. that one gave you an impulse draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you exiled a card and could play it till the end of turn. Or I forget what the other mode was. It was good too. It, mm-hmm. I don't remember using the other mode, whatever it was. Yeah, it wasn't as as uh, good. Oh, here it is. I have, I have it right here. And whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, outpost each does one damage to target creature or player. No. Yeah. So it turned all of your creatures into basically devils. Mm-hmm. Um, so this saw play in standard in like a red aggressive deck. So like mono mm-hmm. red and like uh, some mid range decks against like control. Because yeah. like you could just play it and you drew two cards a turn. Mm-hmm. Or you get your opponent to like five and you just like put it on dragons and you're like, all right, I've got four creatures. Like you kill Side them. Sideways you go. Yeah. Yep. You kill them, you die. You don't kill them, you die. Yep. Um, so I have some of the cards up here. Some of them I, I don't remember. I have the pick order. I don't remember from uh, draft mm-hmm. as much as like standard. But like I do remember Mistfire Adept. Mm-hmm. Three and a blue for a three-three prowess, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell, something got flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, pyrotechnics, an oldie. Four, I don't remember that one. This is four and a red. Uh, pyrotechnics deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures or players. Oh, old, old, old. That was like old, old, Ice Age or Alliances yeah, card or something, Yeah, and it was right? reprinted, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is oh. so cool. Wow. Uh, uh, Crux of Fate, uh, three black, black, destroy all dragon creatures or destroy all non-dragons. Yep. It was um, Legends. Pyrotechnics was Pyrotechnics Legends. Legends. Yep. Um, Teamer Sabretooth, the like combo-iest combo card. Still a combo card, like uh, Team or Sabretooth is kind of expensive now, I think. I think, yeah. It's two green-green for a 4-3, and for one of the green, return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you mm-hmm. do, he becomes indestructible. Yeah. Um, which worked really well with Manifest. Right? Yeah. If you manifested a spell, you just got to pick it up, and you kind of drew a card. Yeah. Uh, it's a buck. It's a buck. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to like just other other cards I remember like playing with in like uh, limited. Like I have like good memories because there's like a ton of like constructed cards. But uh, well, you, you mentioned uh, the teamer guy in the pre-show, right? The teamer guy. Yeah, the three and a red, four two. Oh, shaman of the great hunt. He was a mythic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so 
Um, not Fate Reforged uh, Limited, but I told this story in the pre-show. So uh, we were we had a we had a cube like a proxied cube mm-hmm. at our store. It like was in oh gosh what were they were they the holiday pack box? Yeah, <laughs> right. It was in a holiday pack box, and you had uh, and it was printed black paper. and white paper and so it was a bunch of sleeve lands that we slid paper in and i remember going early and cutting up the the, the cards mm-hmm. and uh our, our boy cameron uh the like reddest aggressive mage you can like find uh <laughs> goes land black lotus shaman of the great hunt <laughs> so shaman of the great hunt is three and a red with haste for a four two whenever a creature you control does combat damage to a player put a plus one plus one counter on that creature and it has ferocious two hybrid simic simic uh draw a card for each creature you control with power four or greater so he just on turn one whacked me for four and then had a five three and then whacked me for five and had a six four and just killed me with the shaman of the great hunt. And I was like, it's like, I can't believe you black lotus this card out. <laughs> but here I am. It, it worked. Dead. Yep. You you got me. You yep. got me. There's a it I mean, there really isn't a better spot to talk about it, so we might as I know it's not really a limited card, but we can talk about it here. And that's uh one of my favorite cards from this set was Whisperwood Elemental. Mm-hmm. I played a ton of that card and constructed around this time. So what does it do? It was a three green green. It was a four four. Mm-hmm. And it, getting your upkeep, I think, you manifested the top card of your library. And then you could sacrifice Whisperwood Elemental to give your creatures indestructible or give your manifest indestructible or something like that. Uh, so... At the beginning of your end step, you got the manifest, so you got paid right away. You got your value right away. And then you could sacrifice it until the end of turn, face up creatures you control gain. When this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. Oh, okay. So So it it wasn't indestructible, but they replaced themselves. Yeah, so your face up creatures got to replace themselves. Yeah. Um, There was also the form cycle. Yeah. Remember this? Yeah. The so, blue one is relevant in Commander because it's like one of the only blue removal spells. There's only like two or three blue removal spells. Um, not Cloud Form. That's not a removal spell, is it? There's that's Reality Shift. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Reality Shift. So there, there are the forms, which are enchantments that enchant that when they enter the battlefield. They manifest a card and then enchant mm-hmm. that creature. Yeah. So light form is one white white. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it becomes an aura with enchant creature, manifest the top card of your library, and attach light form to it. So they were like kind of weird, sneaky way. Like it was an enchantment, but it was really a creature. Right. So like light form. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Rage form was the red one, uh, and I don't know what the green one was. Cloud form gave it flying, right? Yep. Uh, like Rage form gave haste. Oh, sorry. 
uh, Cloudform flying and hexproof. Oh. Yeah, so I'm uh, Lightform flying and lifelink. Like, I'm reading the card, and like, so I had that whole thing that I read. Then there was a block of italicized reminder text about what Manifest was. <laughs> and then at the bottom, there's just one line, like, after your brain is already turned off, that tells you what the creatures get. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was just on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. Uh, but they were like, they were interesting. They were like weird rules wise, mm-hmm. but like interesting. Uh, here uh, Soul Summons, manif- it, one of the white manifest stop card of your library. Yep. I think uh, that was a cycle I was thinking of with uh, Reality Shift. Yeah. Um, like I have the. Uh, the list of the uh, the pick order for uh, for the set, and so I'm scrolling to find where uh, reality shift. There it is. Yeah, exile target creature is controller manifests the top card of his or her library. Yep, and that is uh, commander all star. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it still is, but it was until. Like we started getting a Raven form or whatever in every set, or Frogify, or yeah. Once we started getting those every set, I don't know if it sees as much play as it used to, but that was like a four dollar card for a while, I think, because it was one of the only blue removal spells. Um, there's also uh, we talked about it in the pre-show as well, Sandstep Outcast, mm-hmm. and. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you what this card does, and all of you uh, 2022 magic heads are going to be like, boomer. <laughs> uh, but you have to understand, when this card was printed, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it is two and a white for a 2-1. And when it enters the battlefield, you either get to put a plus one, plus one counter on it and make it a 3-2, or you make a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature with flying. Right. So it doesn't have flying and draws you a card and gains you a life? No. No. Oh. Uh, but the fact that it made two bodies yeah. for three mana was mm-hmm. like, I think it was like the first card that did that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, this is like so much value rolled up in this card. This is amazing. And now it's just like, uh-huh, cool. Like, you get we get one of those every set now. LSV, LSV gives it a C. Yeah, now yeah, <laughs> now LSV gives it a C. Uh, but that was a. You'll play it if you have to, but you're not going to be thrilled about gonna, it. You're not going to be super thrilled about it. But like it was that card was a big deal, and like yeah. you just don't uh, you don't realize that that is uh, was a big deal, or like I know like the common. And uncommon removal spells just like change set to set, yeah. right? And it's like oh, the context of the format. But bathe in dragon fire uh, deals four damage to target creature, and it's two and a red. Yeah, right. We have uh, I know it's uncommon, but heated debate from Strixhaven is four and it's uncounterable mm-hmm. in an instant. Right, right. It's just, it's just funny, or was it? Uh, I don't know if it was in cons or in this. Was it? Scouring Sands, like deals the one that did one damage to everything. I thought it dealt four damage to an attacking creature. 
Oh, maybe. And like those cards, and like I'm playing against that card a lot. Mm-hmm. And now, like if I play against that card, I'm just like, cards unplayable. Why the hell is it in your deck? Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't play around it because how do you play around cards that aren't any good? Right. Uh, but like you know, when this hit came out, it was like, oh, uh, this card is good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else that I remember like really sticking out from uh, for limited for limited yeah. though I will say that my uh, I guess we're going to get to this in a second right but uh, one of my um, pre-releases I got an Ugin Oh. And my entire limited strategy was to just stay alive long enough to find and cast <laughs> Ugin. And I knew at that point everything would be fine. That's right. Ugin solves all problems, Ugin especially solves- in games of limited. Yes, it solves all your problems. If you can get to eight mana and cast him. Yeah. That deck was not very good, but, yeah. but I tried. All right. So what was going on in standard that we remember? Well, if you remember back to when we did our uh, Cons of Tarkir episode, um, we talked about all of the different flavors of Abzan, how there was Abzan Aggro, Abzan Midrange, Abzan Control, and there was still more of that. Spoiler alert, Siege Rhino was still a good card. Yes. Um, So Abzan was still around, uh, but there were two new decks that were varying levels of spicy. Um, The first one... I really don't know how to describe this deck. Um, If you have never seen or heard of this deck, I would implore you to uh, head on over to YouTube and search for this deck and just watch some gameplay of it. I remember sitting in my chair the weekend that this deck was like making its big showing and thinking to myself, that looks absolutely miserable. I never want to play against it. And I went down to our LGS and ordered every copy of the namesake card that was in stock so nobody could play it. <laughs> it's uh, Mastery of the Unseen is the name of the deck. I feel and like it was, it was like GP... Um... Oh, I thought it was a Star City event. I thought it was in, but yeah, it was, I thought it was in Orlando. Mm, I don't know, maybe. No, that, that sounds vaguely right. I mean, it would have been sometime in the first quarter of 2015, so. Yeah, that is, uh, hmm. But basically, this deck was a mostly mono-white life gain deck. Um, used, like, Nykthos to generate a bunch of mana that it could then pump into Mastery of the Unseen. In Mastery of the Unseen, you could pay, I think it was three, it was a one and a white enchantment, and you could pay three and a white to manifest the top card of your library. And then whenever you turned a creature face up, you gained a life for each face down creature you control, I think. Uh, I will look. For each creature you control. For each creature you control. So there were you know, games happening where you're generating, you know, 12, 14 mana every turn with Nykthos. And just, it was just a race to see who could manifest the most cards in their deck. And everyone was going to time because somebody would flip a creature and they'd gain 40 life and life totals were 
300, 300 with like going into turns and it just looked absolutely miserable. Yeah. Maybe no. if we get a second, we can yeah, find I'm, a link to I'm that trying tournament. To poke we'll around. It. Yeah. It was like, like entire decks were just like face down on the battlefield. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were mono white, but I do remember some lists having some green stuff in them. But they, um, like Voyaging Satyrs for extra mana or Whisper Wood Elementals to let your stuff, you know, replace itself when you trade it in combat. Yeah, so what's funny is is that deck appeared. And then did, disappeared. Did a thing for like a week. Yeah. And then never was played again. Yeah. It is it was just wild how like quickly it like it just took over one tournament Mm -hmm. and then no one ever played it again partly because it was was miserable (laughs) i think partly because it was miserable and then like i don't know if people started playing sweepers yeah or something like okay fine put your whole board out there i'll just wipe it all crux of fate yeah crux of fate or like you know and then it's just like all right now now you've almost decked yourself. Yeah. But yeah, that was a a card that was like long and miserable. I wish I could find like I distinctly remember like people having like scraps of paper beside them writing out their life total like constantly. Yeah. Uh but I can't remember the uh I thought it was a Star City event. It, it but, must have been because I just. I mean, it might have been the, a Star City GP, I guess. But uh, I just looked at all of the uh, uh, GP uh, GPs from that era. Yeah, and did not find it. But was was gr- uh, not great. Was misery. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then you have your teamer ascendancy combo. Yeah, this was another weird deck that kind of popped up and didn't really last too long. Um, Teamer Ascendancy gave all your creatures haste. And mm-hmm. if a creature with power four or greater entered the battlefield, I think you got the draw card. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you used Teamer Sabretooth and Voyaging Seder with Nykthos to just get like infinite mana, basically. You would... Uh, make a bunch of mana with Nykthos, Voyaging Seder, untap it, make a bunch of mana with Nykthos, return your Voyaging Seder to hand, play it out again, make a bunch of mana, rinse, repeat. Um, eventually, you could get to a point where you had two Teamer Sabretooths, and they could blink each other, mm-hmm. which would let you draw your basically deck. draw your deck, and then you played out your deck, or you could win with Nylea, um, one of the gods from original Theros, mm-hmm would i think it was pump the team it was like three and a green pump the team or something or pump a creature it it didn't matter because you had infinite mana and you just made everything big 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 um kind of a weird combo deck yes i don't think that one was as popular as the jeskai ascendancy combo deck no i do do remember people playing this though no definitely not as popular as as jeskai ascendancy but yeah a neat thing that you could do yep uh, any other constructed decks from this time you can think of? I think that was basically all the ones that were specific to this point in time. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think there was a whole lot that was um, like there are some cards that I want to talk about that like 
didn't get a lot of shine when they were mm-hmm. in standard, but have like had like lives of their own later on. Okay. Well, we can get to that in a minute. Um, do you want to talk about some of the like hyped up cards during pre-release? Mm-hmm. So do you that- remember like the spoiler season for this set at all? Uh, not a ton. I remember I, people losing their mind over Ugin. Yes. Yes. I think both from like a like a lore point of view, like oh my yeah. god, they printed Ugin. Yeah. And like when you read Eugene, mm-hmm. uh just to to remind all of you if you haven't been playing on Arena and have someone like start a game with Zalfurin Void. And he's like, I know where this is going. Um, Ugin, the Spirit Dragon, is eight mana for a seven loyalty planeswalker. Plus two, deal three damage to target creature or player. Minus X, exile uh, all colored permanents. Or, sorry. Exile each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. That is one or more colors. So, you can... He's at seven. You can come down on eight and put everything six mana or less into the shadow realm and still, and have, still an have an Ugin. Yeah. And then Which is basically everything. Yes. Except for you except for you, Fish. That is correct. Um and then uh Minus 10 is you gain 7 life, you draw 7 cards, then you put the up to 7 permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Now, the reason people were super excited about the ultimate, other than that it is win the game, win game. but with more words, yeah. is it is the... Um, Opposite of Nicole Bolas. Yes. The original Bolas. Yes, he. Yeah. Which one is he? He's Nicobolus Planeswalker. Planeswalker. Yep. So, what are we gonna call this Nicobolus? <laughs> Planeswalker. <laughs> Done. Uh, so minus nine Nicobolus Planeswalker deals seven damage to a player. That player discards seven cards, then sacrifices seven permanents. Yep. So, exactly the opposite. And so people were like, oh, that's so cool. They're opposites of each other, blah, blah, blah. So there was definitely that. Uh, this card has uh, stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have here that he's currently 25 bucks. He was way more than that for a while. Oh, yeah. He, w- he was, I think, around 100 bucks for a while. Yeah, I should have got um, off mine. Pre-ordered at 25 and then was reprinted in, was it 19 or 20? Or yes. 19? Mm-hmm. Um, Fell down some, was expensive while it was in standard. It was certainly more than $25 while it was in standard and has now kind of stayed at the $25 mark. So mm-hmm. interesting. It will probably climb back up as we get further yeah. from that reprint. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, then we have Soulfire Grandmaster. Yeah, do you remember this one? Uh, Gave your instance and sorceries lifelink and let you buy them back? For to uh is it is it hybrid yeah so it was two and then is it is it uh yeah like that costing four mana was too many manas 
right? You had to have like a really cheap spell to make that work. Yeah. And it's just a two mana two two. Fragile. So, yes. So like everyone's like super hyped for it, but then it just didn't end up panning out. Yeah. And uh, I looked it up. It was pre-ordering at 21 bucks and is currently almost bulk. Yeah. No one. The only time you see that card played is like in cube when someone has six mana and a time walk. <laughs> and then you yeah. just don't get a turn again. Yeah. Um, and then a card that um, a, another another delve card that if we were playing now, mm-hmm. it would be miserable because it'd be the only thing standard would be about. Right. Is temporal trespass. Yeah, it's like eight blue blue blue. I think. Yeah, eight or nine. I think it's uh, eight. eight. You're right, eight. No. And it has uh, take an extra turn after this one. Exile yep. Temporal Trespass. I feel yeah. like no one played that card. No, it was pre-ordering at like 10 bucks, and then immediately on release it fell to basically bulk prices and stayed there forever until recently. Yeah, it's played in the uh, like the blue red Narset decks, mm-hmm. or like some of the blue red like spell slingery decks, mm-hmm. as like a one or a two of. As well, a it was in. I think it was in Phoenix until the last banning, right? I think so, something like that, where it was basically just like a way to get like that one extra like attack <clears throat> in to close yeah. out a game. Yeah, oh, they're still expensive. They're still 34 bucks. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, if this was current magic, like, we would just be... Everyone would be, like, casting Temporal Trespass on, like... They'd play a two-drop, and then they would somehow Temporal Trespass you on turn three. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I guess it's just an explore yeah. that hits me for two, but still. Yeah. Um, so... Um, yeah, those were the ones that, like, were super-duper hyped. Uh, like, I don't think anyone cared about Tassiger, and, like, Tassiger was, like, one of the most played cards from, uh... Tassiger wasn't really important during spoiler season. I don't think no. anybody cared no, at all. No, that's what I mean. Like, that was, like, yeah. a, like, a card that was, like, missed. So, like, yeah. there's a lot of cards that, like, kind of lived, had a life beyond standard mm-hmm. that, like were kind of missed yeah right so so we already kind of talked about ugin a little bit yeah ugin wasn't missed we talked about germag like yep germag was a legacy and modern staple for like four or five years Mm -hmm. i mean so was tassiger yeah i Uh, remember going to was it richmond i think when we were at gp richmond and the first double masters had just come out Mm-hmm. And Tassiger was one of the box toppers mm-hmm. for the first Double Masters, and I went around and picked up uh, my borderless foil copies, and now nobody plays it. So yeah, that was a wasted investment. <laughs> so what's interesting is uh, Tassiger played more in Modern than he did in Legacy because mm-hmm. of Caracas, right? Right. So Gurmag Angler was better because it was better against Caracas. Yeah. Uh, and then. Monastery Mentor, which was another card that was super expensive. It was like a $30 Mythic. 
Yeah, I um, remember I pulled in my box, I pulled a foil one, and I traded it for a play set of regular ones. Good good move. Yep. Uh, and they're still... They're still uh, uh, a little pricey. Not a ton. But uh, that card has had a life in uh, modern... Mm-hmm. In uh, and legacy, legacy vintage. It's like the win- yep. a win con in vintage. Yep. Um, since prowess is just non creature spell, like it triggers off your moxin, it triggers mm-hmm. off all the bobbles, like Mishra's bobble. Um, for for a long time, it was the win con in. Uh, oh gosh, what is it called? Uh, oh gosh, miracles. Mm-hmm. Right, they they could like play entreat or they could play monastery mentor. Yep. And a lot of people thought that monastery mentor could would give them a faster kill. Yeah. For like kind of like a less of a mana investment and kind of less work. Or like if you're like, oh man, I'm short on time because I'm playing miracles. I'm just gonna like put in my mentors, so like game three I can like turn three a mentor cast a force and then go on the beatdown plan in the last six minutes of the round. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, so we missed your favorite card or one of, oh, your what's my card. favorite card? One of your favorite cards from this set. You played this card a lot. It's clear at the very bottom of the draft pick order. Oh boy. Rally the ancestors. Oh yeah. I for- I completely forgot that was in this set. So rally the ancestors is X white, white for an instant. Return each creature card with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exile those creatures at the beginning of the next end step and exile Rally the Ancestors. Yep. Um, right, we've kicked around like a kind of a black-white zombie deck that uses uh, whatever that march spell is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Rally the Ancestors as just like, you know, from... What was that? Uh, from Rally, right? From Rally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting back a bunch of, like, paying four mana and getting back ten creatures that do anything when they come into the battlefield is yeah. amazing. Right. Especially when there's, you know, a million abilities stapled to every creature nowadays. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> this card had a long life in standard. Mm-hmm. And kind of hangs out on the fringes of formats like pioneer maybe modern like it's a card that if you told me in like four years uh you like do a little bit of work and then you like make x equals three and you just win the game would not surprise me in the least oh yeah makes perfect sense totally um a card that is not good but um still uh this is like peak magic design, mm-hmm. which is a card that is, you think it's good, it might be good, it can be good, but like it's never broken. Mm-hmm. Soul Flare. Oh, yeah. So, for- well, I mean, there was actually a lot of hype around Soul Flare when like Pioneer was first introduced. Mm-hmm. For, um, uh, gosh, for Black Black. Black, Black. For a 4-4, has Delve. And uh, 
whenever a creature with flying is exiled with Soul Flare, you get that ability. And you also get the abilities for um, First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. So basically, any keyword you exile off a creature when you cast Soul Flare, Soul Flare gets that keyword. Soul Flare, so relevant. Seth, probably better known as Saffron <laughs> Olive, did a video a week and a half ago with it. Oh, really? Because of, oh gosh, what is it called? Fleet Fleet Dancer. Mm. So it had Zapalta and Fleet Foot Dancer and a couple <laughs> other things that had like Hexproof. Yeah. Um, but like, I get still a card that people are like, oh, I wonder if I can make it good. Right, like the perfect card where it's like you can win games with it. You have to put in work and like you feel like you got paid off, but it's not just like I put in a minimal amount of work and just like have a 60% win rate. Right. right. It's just right in that right spot. Yep. So I think those are the only cards that like really, well, I feel like you played way more Warden of the First Tree than I did. I did not actually. You I didn't? didn't like. I did not like the aggro version of that deck. All right. So, Warden of the First Tree is a callback to what's the red white Spirit of Destiny? Figure of Destiny. That, that's what it is. Figure of Destiny. All right. Um, Figure of Destiny for the it was like red white hybrid, and then you paid like it's kind of like Ascendant Spirit, the snow card mm-hmm. from Keldheim. But it was for red, red. It was for red white hybrid, red white red white hybrid, and then red white red white red white hybrid, right? And it was like the best red one drop for like literal years. Now mm-hmm. stone unplayable. But they went <laughs> back to that design with Warden of the First Tree, and so it was a one mana one one, and then you could pay one in an Orzov white black hybrid. And it just became a 3-3. And then you pay two, and then Orzov, Orzov. And then it becomes a Spirit Warrior with Trample and Lifelink. So now you have a uh, 3-3 Trample Lifelink. Mm-hmm. And then you paid three Orzov, Orzov, Orzov. And it becomes a Spirit, and you put five plus one plus one counters on it. Now you have an 8-8 Trample Lifelink. Um, I think if they didn't have the colored mana requirements, card was like a plus. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it still saw a lot of play. saw a lot of play. But like, yeah. that's a lot of mana. Yeah, and like thinking about ascendant spirit now, right? It's like snow, 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 and it's like a six six flyer that draws you a card. Yeah, or so, hex drinker. Hex Drinker is the same way. Yep. But, like, this was, like, the second time they'd done a design like this. And so people were excited, and it was a card that, like, was pretty expensive and saw a reason to want to play. Yeah, I really didn't like the uh, the aggro version of Ebzen. I like the mid-range and the control versions better. I kind of flopped between those for a little while. Um, and then one more that uh, had a brief moment where it was in the best deck in Modern... Oh, what's that? Flamewake Phoenix. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so one red red for a two two flying haste attacks each turn of Able. Dude was not here to block. No. And had ferocious if at the beginning of your uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control a creature with power four or greater, pay red. If you do, return Flame Wake Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. So there was this brief history or a brief point in time where everyone was playing uh Hollowed One. Hollowed One. It's like if you discard three cards in a turn, it's free. It's like it's like a free four four. So you'd play uh Burning Inquiry, which is draw three, discard three. Goblin was it Goblin Gamble Goblin Lore. Or? Goblin Lore, yeah. So Burning Inquiry discarded randomly. Goblin Lore was one in a red, draw four, discard three at random. Mm-hmm. And you'd hope that you would not discard your hollow ones and just drop like two four fours on that battlefield. Yeah. And then the flame like Phoenixes you discarded, you got back. Mm-hmm. For free. Yeah. So um for a brief period in time, this was like the thing to do in modern. Yeah, I mean, it could kill like on turn three, right? Yeah, pretty easily. Yeah. Not that I ever see them putting Burning Inquiry or Goblin Lore. <laughs> anyway, well, Burning Inquiry made both players draw three and discard three at random. Right. So it also. So not only could it help you, but it could hose your opponent. Yeah, if they discarded all their lands, yeah. you could just like mulligan your opponent. Uh, on yep. turn one. Uh, again, Flame Like Phoenix is a card that if you told me that, like, I don't know, not that I think they would ever print Burning Inquiry, but that you were like, yeah, they printed Burning Inquiry, and uh, they're like, oh, like, this card's going to be $10 in Pioneer. Yep. It re- requires them to, like, have a stroke, but based <laughs> on, like, current magic design, like, stroke is not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I don't know if they would actually print burning inquiry but i could definitely see him putting out an arena yeah like or alchemy like, horizons burning inquiry, inquiry burning inquiry hollow one yeah right so that card kicked around for the longest time oh yep. one more this didn't see play oh it's not never mind remember frost walker um is that the three one it's a four one four one for one in the blue. Yeah. Because the target of spell or ability, sacrifice it. Yep. Like, I feel like people like sideboarded into that. Um, when this format was brand new, that, that was a deck. People played that card. Like main deck. Yeah, just like beats. Yeah. Simpler time. Because there, um, there was an elemental... That you played, it was like a green elemental that got you lands, maybe, but needed needed a creature with power four or greater, and that was a way to turn it on. Oh, I don't remember that. Such a long time ago. Embodiment of spring is that what it is? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that name. I don't know if I could tell you what the card did, but uh, I remember the name. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I don't super remember. You even start in body, it it's, comes right up. It's from yeah. cons. One of the green is is a 
a blue for an O3. Mm-hmm. One on the green, tap, sacrifice it, search your land, search your library for a basic um, land, put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. So it didn't really know. Yeah, that's like, not what I was thinking of. Yeah. There, but there like, was another card that like you you used the Frostwalker to turn on. I just remember that card and being like seeing random play, yeah, and like not understanding. Yeah. So, turn ferocious on. Another thing that we didn't really touch on that this set kind of inadvertently did was it was kind of the first time they printed like like the random like three color commander legends like Yasova Dragon Card Claw. Oh was like yeah. Two and a green in the casting cost, but I'm gonna have a random two other color ability. Yeah. So that I can be a three color commander. And yep. there was like a cycle of them. Yeah, Tassiger. We mentioned Alicia. Yeah, Tassiger, Alicia, uh Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest, which was Oh yeah. Secretly, or not so secretly, one of the best tiny leaders. <laughs> Never forget tiny leaders. But one of the best tiny leaders was with Shu Young, because whenever you cast a non creature spell, you have to give something double strike. Uh which is always good. Mm-hmm. But like this is the first time that like that that they kind of were like, well, we'll put these like double colored activated abilities. So now they can be used as like multicolor commanders. Yeah. Uh now like they can't help themselves. They do that like in every set. <laughs> All the time. Like, why does this have a blue green activated ability? And you just go, Oh, Commander. Yeah. Like, oh what's this? Tatsunari Toad Rider. Yeah. Or like uh Toxerol. Why is yep. it black Toxerol. blue? Well, so it can be a black blue commander. Interesting. Yeah. Why, mm. why does the activated ability have blue in it? Because we wanted it to? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, oh, okay. What, one more limited thing real quick. Do you All remember right. Renowned Weaponsmith? Uh, is that the one that went and got Heart Piercer Bow or mm-hmm. Vial of Dragonfire? Yeah. And it yeah. tapped for two to add two mana. You could only spend it on artifact spells or to activate artifact abilities. Yeah. The uh, the kicker about that card is one of them was in cons and one of them was in dragons. So when you drafted this cons, cons, fate, you didn't have Vial of Dragonfire? I think Vial of Dragonfire was in dragons and Heart Piercer yeah. Bow. I know Heart Piercer Bow was in cons. So it, it was a card that referenced a card that hadn't been printed yet. Mm-hmm. Kind of like... Uh, in uh, the Amaket block, mm-hmm. um, uh, gate, to the a- a- gate to the Afterlife. Yeah. Uh, Reference got Pharaoh's Gift. That hadn't been printed. Yep. And famously, in air quotes, LSV was like, cards in F, unless like the, uh, whatever this God Pharaoh's Gift thing just wins the game uh, in the next <laughs> set. And it was like, oh, no, the Godfair's Gift wins you the game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't you think Ghastly Conscription was going to be good? Do you remember this one? Uh, no, I don't really remember that one. Two black black, sorcery. 
Exhale all creatures from target player's graveyard in a face-down pile, shuffle that pile, then manifest those cards. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad card. Yeah, I vaguely remember that card. Uh, thinking it might be good. So, yeah. I think overall, like, this set was somewhat forgettable, but had some cards that have, like, stood the test of time. Well, like like we said at the top of the show, it was kind of made to be forgettable mm -hmm. because it was meant to support what else was going on around it. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on that I think is kind of relevant with Fate Reforged is that you could still get fetches in place of your land in the pack. Um, so it was, even though, you know, there might not have been a ton of reasons to crack Fate Reforged, um, you could still get fetch lands out of it, which are always relevant. And what's interesting is you've never seen a fetch land with a Fate Reforged man, uh, set symbol on it, because right. all the fetches had the cons yeah. uh, set symbol on it. Yep. Um, but, like, it was forgettable, you know, kind of as it was supposed to be. But it has it had some cards that, like, have stood the test of time across multiple formats. Yeah. As both in that, like, hey, I'm really powerful. And, like, I'm interesting and fun. Yep. And you want to try to build around me. And, like, that's hard to do to have, like, you know, cards like Soul Flare and Rality Ancestors that are just like, you know, that point that like a car that you'll come back to and be like, mm -hmm. I wonder if it's good enough now. Yeah. And like, that's, that's nice. Like that was like, it's like this sweet spot in magic. Yep. Right. Cause like you look at the cards that are like, you know, uh, you know, like there's like Whisperwood and Ugin, but there aren't like a ton of like 11s. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, Whisperwood was format defining in standard, and I bet you half our listeners have never heard of it because it, you know, did nothing outside of that. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a four four that makes a two two, and you can For just five kill mana. it, and you can just kill it. Yeah, and we don't we don't get this anymore. Yep. Yep. Everything has to pay you back as soon as it uh, as soon as you cast it soon as you cast it um there was one more thing neat about this set and you had you had put it down and reminded me about it the yeah. ugin's fate promo packs yeah there was like i think it was during pre-release or on release weekend or mm -hmm. i think it was on release weekend there was like a little dice rolling game that you could play and it was like this uh I don't know, like a display that your game store would set up, and depending on how you did in this little game, you would get a promo pack that had like two or three cards in it, and they were cards from Fate Reforged. Or, there was certain cards from Fate Reforged or cons that had like alternate art on them, and like the the thing was that you know you the the block started in cons. And then you went back in time to Fate Reforged and you changed things or like, you know, the, the world had changed going back in time yeah. and then going forward from Fate Reforged, the world was different, different and like cons never existed anymore. 
So the Fate Reforged or the Ugin's Fate promo packs were cards from, I think they were Khan's cards that had art as if they were the new timeline. There, so there's, a, there's a mix because cool. there's like reality. I knew U- Ugin reality, was there. Yeah, Reality Shift had different art. It had like yeah. Ugin. Well, the Reality Shift art is a person in like a blue ball of energy. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the Ugin's Fate promo is that same person, but it's zoomed out. So you can see that Ugin is over them making the ball of energy. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like that Ugin is still $70. Yeah. That Ugin was like close to 200. Yeah, for a while. Uh like that first opening weekend. It was like fun. And uh uh what's funny like Altar of the Brood is $18 or market price is 25. Mhm. And then Ugin market price is 90. I always read the big as low as, but then that's never the one I would ever buy. Um, and then like all the other cards, except for like, there's like reality shift is like $5 and ghost fire blade is two, but then everything else is like super cheap, which is like fine. Yep. Like it was a cool thing though. It was a very cool thing. And you know, this is back when they like gave you actual cards. Right. For, uh, for, for, uh, promos and stuff yeah supposed to here's a token now they just give you like two manifest tokens pat you (laughs) on the back and be like good job buddy yeah it's a it's a double-sided morph manifest token yeah just to confuse you even more (laughs) oh i sneezed which one was it oh god Uh, oh no who knows who cares yeah oh i do i do remember having numbered morph tokens so yes I, i i was a good boy uh, oh, and I guess Grim Horror Specs is for some reason nine dollars. Oh yeah, that's from Cons, but that yep. one is nine dollars. But yeah, that was a super neat thing. Mm-hmm. Like people were excited to try to get them. So I remember this fondly. Mm-hmm. Like this it era was a good, of magic, like period. Yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily remember like this set or i don't think i have any you know tournament stories or anything from this time but i remember this period in magic fondly yeah like i don't think we were doing tournaments at this time like that yeah probably was. not so all right with that trip down memory lane i think we have a show we have a show so we are boomers this is from a million years ago <laughs> uh, like seven years now yeah long time long time um but if you have any show ideas for us or anything you want to hear about uh please let us know get at us at uh on social media or on discord all those links are in the description yeah or if there's something in particular to these sorts of episodes that you'd like us to do differently um this is the second one that we've done and we're still trying to kind of nail down the template for them I think they're fun episodes. Hopefully you guys enjoy listening to them or watching them. Um, Other than our social media stuff, if you guys want to help support the show, hit us up on our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you want to support us more directly, you can throw a couple bucks directly at us. 
through our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, don't forget about a term- tournament coming up Saturday, I believe it's July 23rd, 8 p.m. East Coast time, Standard Artisan. You can go sign up on mtgmelee.com. Got anything else for this week? I should have the link for the tournament in the description. Okay. So you should just go click on that and get in. Perfect. Uh, if you're going to throw money at us, we prefer bills. They hurt less than change. Hey, I'll but, take change. I'm not uh, yeah. picky. Rolls of pennies just <laughs> hitting us in the head. Uh, no. So uh, with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs>